Many people know what the general theory of evolution teaches, but what about creation? The creation model, the big picture of history, this week on Creation Magazine Live. The Bible really is true, and it's supported by science and the things we see in the world around us. Keep listening to find out how. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Calvin Smith. And I'm Richard Fangrad. And this week our topic is the creation model, the big yes. picture of history. You know, a lot of people would know what evolution teaches, of course, because right? they get yep. taught that as fact in, in, uh, in, in school. So um, what we're going to do here is we'll, we'll talk about that, but then we're going to go into detail of what creationists believe, etc., and contrast the two. So, I mean, evolution, pe people know this, of course. First of all, it starts off with the Big Bang, right? right. Cosmological yep. evolution, we get, uh, you know, some uncaused explosion, we get stars and galaxies forming from hydrogen. Uh, we get uh, geological evolution, for example, you know, Earth's a hot molten blob hurtling through space, gradually cools down, gets covered in about 70% water. Part of geological evolution, of course, would be those rock layers with dead things in there, the fossils. Of course, to get yeah. dead things, yeah. you need live things. Where'd life come from? Well, that's chemical evolution in some warm, soupy pond or at the bottom of the heat vents of the oceans billions of years ago. Non-living chemicals come together, form some kind of life form. And then, of course, where'd we get all the biodiversity on Earth? Well, that's uh, uh, biological evolution. Evolution, through natural selection, genetic mutation, one kind morphs into a completely other kind, right. culminating in ape-like creatures who get bigger brains. Of course, that's human evolution. Here we are talking about it. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the eschatology, I guess you could call it in this worldview, uh, what happens in the future is if you study the laws of thermodynamics, you're going to find out that all the available energy in the universe is winding down. Eventually, we get to the point of heat death, and that will be the end of the universe. And there you are, top to tails. That's what the general theory of evolution teaches. There's, there's one, one version of history, a very right. popular version of history. Of course, the Bible teaches something very different. Yes. Uh, it begins with creation. In the beginning, God creates the entire universe and everything in it in six days. That's approximately 6,000 years ago. You just add up the genealogy, the chronogenealogies in Genesis 5 and Genesis 11. Right. And without too much complicated math, you get to about 6,000 years ago. Everything's originally very good, key understanding in, in, in biblical history. No death, no carnivorous activity, no evil at that point. Then man sins. Man rebels against God. That's called sin. And uh, the relationship between people and God is broken. Death and bad things enter the world. That's a key event as well. Uh, history moves on from there. Uh, several uh, hundreds of years later, we have Noah's flood. There's quite a bit of history in there, actually. Yeah. But uh, Noah's flood is the next major event. God destroys that. We're talking about a planetary flood, and we'll do that. We'll talk about that in a, in a few weeks from now. Yeah. A global flood, key event in history. Uh, then moving on from there, we have eventually we get to Moses, and we get the Ten Commandments, the law of God. God right. tells us, you know, if you do this, you will live. If you don't, you will die, and so on. And, uh, of course, nobody can keep that law. Christianity is not a works-based religion. God sends himself. He sends Jesus. as he, Jesus is the creator. Everything was made through him and by him. And he dies on the cross to pay for our sins. And then, then here we are today. And if we, again, go into the future like you just did with evolution, yeah. if we look at, well, what's the future? What does the Bible say about time going forward from here? Well, eventually there's going to be a new heavens and new earth, a restoration. Right. And that's yet to come. Animal behavior is going to revert to what it was in the very good world, no carnivorous right. activity and so on. That's, that's yet to come, that's according to that, the Bible. That's the blessed hope of the Christian, yes. that we don't yeah. have to live in this sin-cursed world forever, yeah. in, in, in you know, bodies that decay and, and, and things like that. So these two stories about history are just 
polar opposite <laughs> to one another. You, opposite, you couldn't yeah. get further from, from one another. Even at a macro level, like we've just summarized these two very, very quickly here in, in five minutes. That's right. Even at a big picture level, you get down to the details that are even more different. Exactly. So. Now, what people have seen, of course, with these contrasting stories is, is what they get taught in school yes. supports that evolutionary view. And, of course, this leads to the conclusion of atheism for many of them because if you compare the two stories, you see they don't match. Right. And then yeah. they're told a certain interpretation of facts that we observe. And if that's the only interpretation of those facts that you observe, well, it appears to support evolution. Yeah. And even if you were to just accept the fact, okay, well, well, maybe God used evolution. I want to believe in God. I want to believe that there's a creator, etc. There's life after this, this life. If you believe that the God that created the universe used billions of years of pain, death, suffering, you know, as we've pointed out in, in some of our presentations, they actually find cancer in the fossil record. If those fossils are really millions and billions of years old, then God used cancer to create. And he called that very good. And he called it very good. Yeah. What kind of Is God? Is that really the God you want to worship? You've got to ask yourself that question, Exactly. Right? Why would you pray for somebody in your congregation with cancer if God used cancer to create? And said, hey, cancer is very good. Exactly. Yeah. So we can see these huge contrasts. Uh, and, of course, these affect how Christians should view topics like cosmology, geology, biology. If, if the Bible really is our authority, then... How should we look at those things? Right, yeah. Biblical creationists, biblically-minded Christians, uh, don't believe in a Big Bang, geological or biological evolution, because it contradicts what the Bible says. That's right. And here, let's have a look at some of these contradictions in terms of the sequence in which these things happen. Uh, you can see here, start with uh, the evolutionary order of appearance here. Number one, matter always existed or just appeared. Uh, right. Well, it couldn't have just appeared, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, some people that, like Lawrence Krauss would say that. That's what some people say, yeah. Yeah, matter always existed or just appeared. According to evolution, according to the Bible, God created matter. That's right. Uh, you've got other differences here. Number two, sun and stars existed before the earth, according to evolution. But that's, that's wrong. The Bible says the earth was created before the sun, moon, and stars. So the earth is older than the sun, moon, and stars. Right, which contradicts the Big Bang theory. And yeah. Although many Christians will say, oh, well, maybe God used the Big Bang, but they haven't thought it through, it right? It doesn't work. Even if you could get the millions of years in there somehow, you've still got sequencing issues. Exactly. Evolution says that the sun is earth's first light, but the Bible in Genesis says that light was created before the sun, that God provided yeah. the sun. And as a matter of fact, for those people who say, well, then how could it have been normal days? Well, I don't see too many Christians arguing that God's going to provide the light in the, in the restoration. Yeah. In Revelation, yeah. they don't seem to have a problem with God providing the right. light. Right, there the Bible tells us that God is a light source. We're that's not right. given details in the Bible as to what the light source was in the first three days of creation. Right. But that's a good that's right. guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Another thing we could look at is um, uh, number four there on the chart, first life is marine, organi marine organisms according to evolution, but according to the Bible, first life is land plants on day three. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> and evolutionists say that reptiles predate birds, but in the Bible, birds predate land reptiles. Right. You know, for yeah. these people trying to, you know, this surface, oh, well, maybe God used evolution. It, it doesn't fit. At the detail level, it doesn't fit. Not, yeah. not at all. Um, number six, land animals predate whales according to evolution. According to the Bible, the true history, whales predate land animals. That's right. That's another contradiction. <laughs> and of course, we mentioned this already. In, in the evolutionary sense, 
disease and death, well, that would precede man. But, of course, in the biblical view, disease and death result from man's sin. There was no death before Adam sinned. Yes, that's why Jesus that, had to die to pay for sin, because sin and death are linked to people. Exactly. Key, Jesus had key to die, yeah. ideas in the gospel. So think of the implications of the contradictions in these charts. If yeah. Christians accept evolution or long ages, they're really saying that God didn't quite get the order of creation right yeah, oops. in Genesis. Why would he even go through the details if he's going to get it wrong? And as a matter of fact, God got the whole thing backwards. He didn't even just miss one point. He messed up on every point when you, when you think about it. And, and then when God says he created the earth before the sun, birds before reptiles, whales before land animals, etc., etc., um, did, he, did he mean what he said? Or, or are we just dependent on the wisdom of, 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 of you know, modern scientists to now in, inform us to tell us what God really meant to say? Why did he even go through the... the the exercise of writing this, having this stuff written yeah, down. Yeah, you sort of have, a, have to ask those questions. Then, of course, you do get into blasphemy. Um, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. You're questioning God that way. But uh, furthermore, a, a Big Bang is a secular hypothesis that seeks to explain the universe without God. That's the whole point behind evolution. <laughs> yeah. The system runs by itself. It doesn't need a supernatural pilot to guide it. That's the whole point yeah, behind why, evolution. That's why atheists like Richard Dawkins are making statements like, um, you know, Darwin made it possibly possible to be an intellectually, intellectually fulfilled yeah. atheist. We can explain yeah. everything without God now. You know, yeah. so. uh, it it, it had it uh, the general theory of evolution, which is which is more than just molecules to man idea. It has to explain where the universe came from in the first place. That's the general theory of evolution, and right. and it does so without God. You know, what are some of the generalizations we can make uh, that show such a dynamic contrast between uh, what the big people? picture of what the Bible teaches with what most schools teach. So let, let's go naturalism versus the Bible, for okay, example. Okay. You know, okay, if you're trying to blend these two things, there's a, there's a problem here. First of all, understand that uh, both of these histories, there's assumptions behind them. Sure. Here's the assumptions yeah. from naturalism. There's no God. Or if, if a God exists, he or she has no trace of any creative activity because everything just makes itself. So really there's no evidence of creation in that yeah, sense. Yeah, everything's supposed to run according to processes that we can observe. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number two, you assume that the present is the key to the past. The way we th see things operating right now has always been, so yeah. you just run that program, and that we're here by chance. That's what naturalism assumes. Now, if you go with what the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. There was no evolution. God created. There was nothing. Then God created. Yeah. Two, that God's word, uh, his revelation to us is the key to the past, not the present. The present is far different right. from the past. God reveals that in his word. And of course, three is that we were created by God. These are two totally contrasting starting assumptions. Yeah, with these yeah two you can see the, the huge contrast there, there again. We can continue. Uh, thinking of uh, mechanisms, right? Uh, evolution requires random mutation with natural selection as a mechanism, apparently, to produce us eventually. Right. Uh, and number two, life appeared and gradually diversified. That's, that's an assumption. That, that's, that's a mechanism that apparently uh, got us here and got all the, all the creatures here. Uh, number three, no global flood covered the earth. Right, because the presence is the key to the past. Yeah, yeah. presence is the key to the past. Now, what does the Bible say? Looking at mechanisms. Intelligent design, first of all, number one. Uh, God, God intelligently designed living things, and science just shows us that in spades. Number two, universe or life created in six ordinary days approximately 6,000 years ago. 
that's uh, th that comes from scripture. Yep. That's a mechanism. That that's that's how things happen. Number three, Noah's flood did cover the entire earth. There was at one point a planetary flood, and yep. we'll look at that I think in episode twenty-four coming up here in a few weeks. And that would explain the rock layers with all the dead things in them, the fossils, yes. etc. Yep. Now there's implications of these two worldviews as well. So uh, one uh, would be uh, naturalism would say, well, there's no th life after death. We're just biomechanical machines. We run down. We die just like anything. It, it's gone. That's There's it. no life after death. Yeah. Our present life is all that there is, which would lead to certain moral uh, decisions as well. Could be, right? Uh, man is the highest authority because we're the most highly evolved creature on the planet. Um, and then self-fulfillment is the highest priority of man. Yeah, because he who dies with the most toys wins, right. right? That's what it's all about. But the Bible teaches that man's spirit will live forever. God wants us to live with him forever. God is the highest authority, not man. And love of God and obedience to his word is the highest priority of man. That's what scripture teaches versus yeah. naturalism. Huge difference in implications between one worldview and the other. And how you'd live your life. And how you'd to live those. your life. Yeah, you don't live for yourself, you live for God if you're, if you're a Bible believer, if you're yep. a Christian. Here's, here's some other things we can, we can compare and contrast. Logical consequences, the consequences, where, where is this leading to? What could it lead right. to? Uh, from the evolutionary, the naturalistic worldview, God is reduced to a creation of man. Who made who? Well, people made God. Uh, number two, God is removed from public life. God did, God's just an opinion, so what, what's, what's the point? Just doesn't matter. Yep. Number three, man determines right and wrong. If we're the highest authority, we set the rules. We're, we're the king of creation. Yep. People set the rules. Uh, number four, civil laws written by the group with the most political power. Might makes right, survival of the fittest, the strong wipes out the weak. You, you get a group of people together and you set the rules and right. everybody else follows your lead. Now, that's not what the Bible would That's not would what the teach. Bible says. Let's flip. What, what, what are the logical consequences of a biblical worldview? Number one, God is the all-powerful creator. Quite obviously, uh, God is not reduced to a creation of man. Number two, God is honored in public life. Since God really exists, you honor him in public life. Yeah. Number three, God determines right and wrong. We're not the king of creation. God is the king of creation. Number four, civil laws are based on God's laws. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that I was just speaking at a, at a church uh, this past weekend, and I was informed that many Christians didn't show up at the church for the service because it was a creationist speaking, and they believed in evolution as Christians. But the mm. point is, their church was, was almost empty, and which one of these things has been taught as fact yeah, wow. in, our, in our culture? We've seen that shift, haven't we? Yeah. Now, let, let's explore one of the last things that we, we touched on in, in the last segment as regards to how this big picture, picture of history relates to culture and right. uh, particularly yeah. the area of law, how we're to live our lives as a, as a society, etc. According to the Bible, God created human beings in his image and likeness, commanding them to fill the earth and to subdue it. Uh, based on this revelation, most people in Western world countries once thought that all people received their most basic rights directly from the hand of their creator, not the state. Hmm. Right? God created yeah. people in, in his image, etc. The recognition by law of the intrinsic value of every individual didn't really exist before Christianity. You didn't see that in ancient Rome. Right? Everybody has the same rights or anything like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the advent of Christianity, it became common for people in Western societies to believe that laws should always protect our basic rights and freedoms given to us by God because we were created in the image of God. Yeah, yes. A after all, the, the Bible, um, 
God's law is declared as the perfect law of liberty in James yep. 1.25. Because Christ said that we must render unto Caesar things that are Caesar's and to God things that are God's, that's in Matthew 22.21, lawful resistance to governmental tyranny is another important aspect of an old tradition of Christian legal thinking. Thomas Aquinas commented that if the state abuses its power, there's no injustice if we depose or check those whom we raise to political leadership, nor can we be charged with a breach of law for abandoning an evil ruler. That's interesting. Yeah. There, that, that's not one... That's, that's one of the reasons why Christians are considered dangerous. Yeah. Um, be, not, not because uh, acts of terrorism or anything like that associated with other religions, right. uh, but because uh, Christians believe that, they're, th that God and His law are the highest authority over man. Right, so yeah. the state says, well, it's, it's legal to kill babies in the womb. The, Christ, the biblical Christian says, sorry, God's law supersedes that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't I agree with that. Right. right. Yeah. So really the only way for there to be a true system of law in a country is if there is a transcendent uh, ruler, lawmaker that supersedes man's laws. Something we can check to see whether our laws are matching what, what God yes. commands. Yep. You know, as law professor uh, doc, Dr. Augusto Zimmerman said in an interview in Creation Magazine, God's law makes possible the free and healthy functioning of people and their societies. It protects us from tyranny by affording an eternal moral code to which societies can live in freedom. The summary statement of God's moral law is found in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And Christ did not come to abolish these eternal commands, but rather to fulfill them. Yeah. Now, if laws are merely inventions of the state or inventions of the majority, instead of being based on God's revelation in his word, uh, as so many people think, then the state replaces God as the ultimate authority. That's right. And Dr. Zimmerman, again, says this, The state becomes a god unto itself every time there is no ultimate appeal against its laws. Then these laws are the ultimate source of all justice and legality, and the state is enthroned as the all-powerful ruler over life, liberty, and property of the people. It's really the case of saying, the state gives, the state takes away, blessed be the name of the state. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. You know, I've, I've talked to, uh, to atheists and skeptics before, of course, and, and uh, you know, when you talk to them about having this moral law, because if you say to somebody, yeah. what you did was wrong, what you're actually stating is, look, there's a moral law. Yes. You know it and I know it. Yeah. You just broke broken it. Broken it. Right? And, but those moral laws come from moral lawgivers. And if there's no ultimate moral lawgiver, then there's no moral law. It's and, just and, opinion. Yeah. And if people say, well, no, 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 societies make up their own laws. Well, that's great. That means that uh, Hitler's uh, Nazi Germany was... Okay. It was okay. Was that, yeah. That's exactly how they argued in the Nuremberg trials, right? Yeah. In our country, yeah. it was legal to do this to these people. So once you just make it arbitrary, where people, where men can just make up their own laws, might makes right, like you mentioned earlier. And we've got a real case of tyranny, because once they impose those laws and impose themselves as the ultimate authority, there's, there's not much you can do about it. Right. There's no yeah. one to appeal to. We've got a fantastic book for you. This is Creation Without Compromise by Dr. Donald Crow. Talking about some of these compromise ideas. The Bible makes sense right from the beginning. We highly recommend it. We often get emails into our website. And, uh, and this one is from M.A. from Australia. He, he says this, or he, or not sure, it could be a she as well. M.A. from Australia writes, yeah. I ask a question, why is it that fellow old earth Christians seem to have a kind of hostile behavior toward us biblical creationists? I read one comment and I saw 
complete nonsense. This is a Christian commenter accuses us of, offend of offending hardworking scientists in the lab. Uh, we also do research for our own. Quote mining, yes it happens, but let, let's not do it any further. Uh, a somewhat unsubstantiated claim that science papers show that DNA information arose from a, an experiment and so on. Such a, uh, such a serious accusation. I believe he is from a long age Christian uh, website. Sigh, why can't old earth Christians see us as brothers in Christ? We are not your enemy. Please do creation. Uh, plus, do creationists really quote mine? So there's a question at the end of his uh, his feedback that he right. sends in there. So. And, a, and a couple of different things that he's touched on here. You know, first of all, it's like why are some old earth creations hostile yes. to young earth creationists? Yep. Well, first of all, let's understand that some young earth creationists are also hostile to old earth creationists, and, and you yes. shouldn't be hostile it to your brother. Ways. It cuts both ways. But we have seen that sometimes. We're very very antagonistic towards biblical creationists. Sure. Well, we pointed out a couple of different reasons. Um, Sean Doyle uh, from our U.S. office pointed things out. Number one, um, he, he talked about the concept of intellectual credibility. Sometimes Chris, uh, Christian creationists have been painted in such a bad light that basically we're irrational. We're, yes. like, we're like little dum-dums. I mean, we, yeah, we, we like just... people who believe in a flat earth. Right, like flat earth. And, that, and, yeah. and so, you know, if most people, if they're going to talk to someone and some person says they believe in a flat earth, you kind of put them in a category on a shelf somewhere <laughs> yes. where they're kind of like the same people who believe in leprechauns and fairies. And so you, you just never engage them in, in an intellectual way because it's like, well, right. they're just, they're not there. They're not with it. And sometimes that's the way young earth creationists are, are taken. So we need to present properly. That's why we have sure. PhD yeah. scientists. That's why we present logical arguments, etc. And uh, we have seen people turn around when, when, uh, when we can actually in, in, you know, present intelligent, cogent answers to people. Of right? course, yeah. 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 Um, so there's so other Sean, factors, of course. <laughs> yeah, Sean mentions, uh, he wrote this as well, another factor that often raises the ear of old earth Christians is that biblical creationists often insist, correctly in our view, uh, this is this is Sean writing here, one of our guys, that this issue directly impacts the integrity of the gospel. That's a serious accusation about their doctrinal stance that could potentially affect their eternal destiny. It doesn't have to, but it but it can, he says. He, he, say, he says this as well. Even if we say that as tactfully and gently as possible and argue our case cogently, many, if not most, old-age Christians are still not going to like hearing it. <laughs> Many Christians would like hearing that their doctrine, what, what Christian would like hearing that their doctrine destroys the integrity of the gospel, Sean writes here. Right, that's, that's going to be a real thorn, and, and unfortunately our arguments are logical and do point to that, and that's, that's a real challenge. Yes. Now this last question about quote mining, you right. know, yep. we often get accused of quote mining. Well, the thing is, if you're saying a quote out of context... You can be quote, accused of quote mining because what you're doing is taking a portion of it, and that's happened before. For example, Darwin's quote about the eye being, you know, absurd that it could come about by by natural right. selection. But later on, he says, but he thinks it did. So it's, yeah. it's it, that would be quote mining to to use that in an improper sense. Right. But the fact is, using a quote from an evolutionist that shows weakness in evolutionary theory, that's not quote mining. Right. So get yep. your standards of what quote mining <laughs> is. Um, you can get a free copy of Creation Magazine. You just go to our website at creation.com slash free dash mag. Get yourself a copy. And we'll see you next time. Creation Magazine Live is a production of Creation Ministries International, the publisher of Creation Magazine and the minds behind creation.com. 
If you want to chip in to support our ministry, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening. 